Hi. Hi. Welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And we're going to talk about uh, pageantry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like... What a subject, huh? I know. <laughs> I, like, I, like, looked up the definition of pageantry, mm-hmm. and it's very specific to pretty much, like, to, parades. To pageants. <laughs> to pageants, yeah. <laughs> and, like, theatrics. Well... But um, I took it in the dramatic way. I did also. <laughs> Good. So, we'll just have two very dramatic, ridiculous things. Yeah. That kind of works. Yeah, what, I mean, whatever. It's <laughs> It's our podcast. <laughs> We can do what we want. It's so true. (laughs) So too bad. You're going to get what you get. Anyway, so I'm doing the Napara bow. Fun. Fun. (laughs) Uh, So they, uh, you might recognize this Mm -hmm. from me mentioning it in the last episode. Yes. (laughs) Um, Where I went into very, very little detail. (laughs) And we're going to hear some cool stories about it today. Some more detail. Yeah, a little, a tiny bit more detail. <laughs> a lot more stories. Exciting. Yeah. Good. Uh, so, the Napura Bo are known primarily for frightening humans. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but are usually otherwise harmless. Oh. So, kind of similar to, to my guy last year, the Nepepo. Last year? I mean, last time. <laughs> um, in that it's just like spooky. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to eat you mm-hmm. or attack you. Yeah, you, there's no actual danger with it. <laughs> yeah, just like the most just dramatic your own fear. reveal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so the Nipurabo, uh resembles an ordinary human being in almost every way and blends in perfectly with human society. Oh. However, the illusion is quickly shattered oh. when met face to face. So from far away, it looks like a human. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, Napura bow actually has no face at all. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so that's very different than a human. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if it has your its back to you, I mean, you'd be like, hey, that's a normal human person. Yeah, but no, when you when you first. When you said that, I was like, oh, okay, so they can live amongst other people. Ooh, not quite. Like, if I'm imagining them being at jobs and, like, going to school and waiting for the bus. I mean, I guess technically, I mean, we'll get more into the lore, but, like, okay. technically they could, but they choose not to because they're Cause they don't dramatic. Have a yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love it. its head is just a blank sheet of flesh, no eyes. Nose, mouth, or features of any kind. Oh, Just yikes. flat. Oh. Uh, gross. Huh. Don't care for it. Huh. Did I did I say that this is from Japan again? This is a yokai. I, I knew that it was, but I don't think you said Okay. <laughs> well, well, it is. <laughs> um, so think about that. Okay. Also known as a no-face or a faceless ghost, the Napura bow is a favorite transformation of many mischievous animal yokai. Um, so like I talked about last week again, the kitsune, which is like a fox, uh, tanuki, 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 (laughs) the raccoon dog, and especially the mujina, which is a badger. Ah. So in fact, so frequently are encounters with this spirit blamed on shape-shifting badgers that the Napura bow is often mistakenly referred to as a mujina. And oh. this is also probably because the most famous story 
of the Napura bow mm-hmm. was called uh, Lugina. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, which is, there you go. <laughs> Even though the, the creature mentioned in the story never actually becomes a badger, it's just a, it's just a no face. So, huh. yeah, uh, kind of weird. So they're like kind of interchangeable, uh-huh. but not really at all. <laughs> Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so it's a mysterious yokai that is encountered in quiet, empty roads late at night. The scariest places. That's not where I want to be. <laughs> right? When there's no one else around. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, so its main activity seems to just be scaring humans. Uh, on purpose or because of ooh, humans? On purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, sometimes for a good reason, but most of the time oh. just to be mean because i got nothing better to do <laughs> it's got no face can't Get a do anything job. else <laughs> just kidding uh, that is its job <laughs> so they <laughs> they usually appear in the guise of a man or a woman with his or her back turned towards the observer mm. and then when approached the yokai turns around and reveals its terrifying true form reveling in the terror it inflicts upon its unsuspecting victim. <laughs> Just loving it. Love it. Um, and so to maximize the effect, actually, so this is where it gets super dramatic. <laughs> they often appear with a face at first. Oh. <laughs> and then they wipe their face off dramatically Ooh. with their hand <laughs> at the most opportune uh, time. Which is great. Oh, Ooh, what a visual. I know, right? I don't like it. The Nabarobo often work together in groups oh to scare one individual <laughs> as well. <laughs> so usually the formula is <laughs> as their victim is running away in a panic from the first one, mm-hmm. uh, he runs into another person who asks him what's wrong. Oh my gosh. And when the victim explains what he saw, this person replies, oh, you mean like this? <laughs> And wipes his face away, just like the first <laughs> Naparabo. Um, so mean, right? It is so dramatic. I can just like picture them all la- laughing. I don't even know if they can laugh. They they got no mouths. Well, they don't. But they're yeah. just like <laughs> sniggering later. Like <laughs> their bodies are just violently shaking, like they are laughing, but there's oh, no sound coming out. <laughs> don't care for that yeah (laughs) me neither um so they are even known to impersonate close relatives of their victims oh rude uh which is fantastic so are you ready for some stories yeah yes yes so this is a quick one okay this tale recounts a lazy fisherman who decided to fish in the imperial koi ponds near the Heian-kyo Palace. Mm-mm. And despite being warned by his wife <sighs> about the pond being sacred and right next to a graveyard. You don't want those fish. <laughs> yeah, no, those are dirty <laughs> fish. Um, the fisherman went anyway. Oh my gosh. On his way to the pond, he was warned by another fisherman not to go there, but he again ignores the warning. Once at the spot, he is met by a beautiful young woman who pleads with him not to fish in the pond. He ignores her, and to his horror, she wipes off her face. (laughs) Well, rushing home to hide, he is confronted by what seems to be his wife, 
who chastises him for his wickedness oh, no. before wiping off her own <gasps> facial features. Oh, God. As well. Surprise. Oh, no. What happened to his actual wife? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dead in a trunk somewhere? Oh, God. It seems like. Oh, no. <laughs> She's probably just in the other room. Like. <laughs> she hired them. <laughs> she hired I showed you. Three strikes, you're out. You bitch. won't listen to me? <laughs> Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway, so then here's one that's more detailed. Oh, that was the end? That was the end. Okay. It was very quick. <laughs> On the Akasaka Road in Tokyo, there is a slope called. Kinu Kunizaka, which means the slope of the province of Ki. On one side of the slope, you see an ancient moat, deep and very wide, with high green banks rising up to some place of gardens. And on the other side of the road... Some place of gardens? <laughs> Again, did not... You didn't uh, write this. Didn't write this. Mm -hmm. So on the other side of the road extends the long and lofty walls of an imperial palace. Ooh. So before the era of street lamps uh, and jinrikishas, you know, your average jinrikisha, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Some kind of light, <laughs> Some kind of light, I would think. Yeah. Uh, this neighborhood was very lonesome after dark, and late night pedestrians would go miles out of their way rather than mount the kunizaka oh. alone after sunset. Oh. So already Yikes. spooky. Yeah. All because uh, Mujina used to walk there. So this is a story that's called Mujina, even though it's not it's the, about a badger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. The last man who saw the Mujina was an old merchant of the Kayabashi quarter. This is a story as he told it. Okay. So one night at a late hour, he was hurrying up the Kinu Kunizaka, when he perceived a woman crouching by the moat, mm -mm. all alone, mm -mm. and weeping no. bitterly. No. Yep. No, I would hurry past and be like, ooh, <laughs> I've got my headphones in, I can't hear her. <laughs> this is not in the time of headphones. <laughs> yes, it is. You just hum to yourself. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I can't hear anything. I've got um, cotton in my ears. <laughs> uh, fearing that she intended to drown herself, he stopped to offer her any assistance or consolation in his power. Uh -uh. She appeared to be a slight <laughs> and graceful person, no. handsomely dressed, and her hair was arranged like that of a young girl of good family. Ojoku, he exclaimed, <laughs> approaching her. Oh. Ojoku, do not cry like that. Tell me what the trouble is, and if there be any way to help you, I shall be glad to help you. He really meant what he said, for he was a very kind man. Oh, so sweet. Oh no. Um, get ready, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You're too nice for this world. <laughs> um, but she continued to weep, hiding her face from him with one of her long sleeves. Ojoku, he said again, as gently as he could, please, please listen to me. This is no place for a young lady at night. Do not cry, I implore you. Only tell me how I may be of some help to you. Slowly she rose up, but turned her back to him, and continued to moan and sob behind her sleeve. Ooh. He laid his hand lightly upon her shoulder and pleaded, Ojoku, 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 listen to me, just for one little moment. Then, that Ojoku, 
turned around and dropped her sleeve. Oh, God. And stroked her face with her hand. And the man saw that she had no eyes or nose or mouth. Oh, Lord. So he screamed and ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Up Kino Kunizaka, he ran and ran, and all was black and empty before him. On and on he ran, never daring to look back, and at last he saw a lantern so far away that it looked like a gleam of a firefly, and he made for it. It proved to be only the lantern of an itinerant soba seller who had set down his stand by the side of the road. But any light and any human companionship was good after that experience, and he flung himself down at the feet of the old soba seller, crying out, Ah! 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 Just screaming. <laughs> right? Ah! Uh, kore, kore, roughly exclaimed the soba man. Here, what is the matter with you? Anybody hurt you? No, nobody hurt me, panted the other. Only, ah! Ah! <laughs> Only scared you? queried the peddler, unsympathetically. Oh, rude. <laughs> rude. Robbers? <laughs> Not robbers, not robbers, gasped the terrified man. I saw, I saw a woman by the moat, and she showed me. Ah, I cannot tell you what she showed me. Uh, ah, was it anything like this that she showed you? Cried the soba man, stroking his own face, which therewith became like unto an egg. And... <laughs> and simultaneously the light went out. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> like unto an egg. <laughs> Which therewith became like unto an egg. It's so good. Oh man. Which therewith became like unto an egg. Oh man. That's Holy great. lord. So if the Koi Pond story is any indication, uh. the. Nuparabo may have functioned as a kind of like boogeyman, so like a way to ward people away from places they shouldn't be mm-hmm. anyway, like mm-hmm. um like graveyard koi ponds. Imperial the, koi ponds. Yeah, true. Also that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um the second story uh that we just heard mm-hmm. also <laughs> smacks of paranoia towards strangers reading almost like a feudal Japanese version of the phantom hitchhiker. Um, <laughs> don't true. try to help people. That's true. Because they're strangers, so yep. they're evil. Yep, they're a serial killer. <laughs> so that just, uh, who knows? Who knows why it was written, but it's uh, terrifying. Who knows why anything is written? <laughs> you got, got me us. there. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, though, because most stories about these... Um, kind of like ancient ghost creature things Mm -hmm. are just that. They're very ancient. But we have a sighting here from 1959. Oh. Whoa. I wasn't born yet. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And it seems less fake because it's not like a year ago. Right. But, yeah. But it's still like, I mean, our our parents' lifetimes. Exactly. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. So this actually comes from Hawaii. Which has a lot of cultural links to Japan. Yes. Um, So it's kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. So the Faceless Ghost made its first appearance in Hawaii on May 19th, 1959, when Bob Krauss reported in the Honolulu Advertiser that the ghost had 
supposedly visited the ladies' restroom at the Wailei Drive-In Theater in Kahala. Wailei? Sure. Sure. So in one version of the story, a girl left her car and went into the restroom around midnight to put on fresh lipstick. In the mirror, she saw a figure behind her with long hair and no face. She left her car to go into the restroom, into to, put the restroom to put on lipstick. She can just do that in her car. <laughs> no, no, no. She has to hide the fact that she's wearing lipstick. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> she saw that the figure had no legs. Oh, God. <laughs> only, only half a body. What? So when the girl turned around, there was nobody behind her. The door slammed shut and oh. locked oh, as no. the poor girl screamed and fainted. Oh, no. But in another version, because that doesn't necessarily sound like a faceless ghost, no, except for that it was a ghost that was faceless. Right, but it doesn't sound like this particular faceless ghost. <laughs> Correct. But in another oh. version, reported by Krauss, uh, the woman went into the restroom. Uh-huh. As she entered, she noticed the place was occupied by another woman who was standing in front of the mirror combing her long, beautiful hair. The first woman came closer and spoke. The second woman turned slightly. She had no face. Oh, Lord. The first woman was so frightened that she ended up in the hospital uh, <laughs> because of having a breakdown. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's that's a true fear of mine, is, is getting so scared that everything in me just quits. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you immediately institutionalize. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or at least I have to spend time recovering mm, from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but... <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Never, <laughs> never say never. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The suggested cause for the haunting of the bathroom uh, was the fact that the Waiile Drive-In Theater is located next to a cemetery. Although manager Albert Silva... Strongly denied in 1959 the stories that the restrooms of his drive-in theater were haunted. He did note that the stories did help business. I was going to say, don't deny it. (laughs) Capitalize on that. Right? Um, (laughs) This is a quote from him. Every night, a couple dozen people asked me if I've seen the ghost, he said. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't. But I've sure heard enough about it. (laughs) Business has been booming since Thursday. So this is obviously written very uh, soon after. Right. So the person that I, I found this from a website, sure, obviously, sure. <laughs> um, which was uh, kind of written by two different men who uh, have written books on paranormal, specifically in Japan hmm. um, or Hawaii. Mm. It's two different men. So the, they say, quote, when I first discovered the faceless woman, um, which is this ghost, in mm-hmm. the newspaper archives, I was curious whether anyone had ac- had ever actually been an eyewitness to the unusual entity, mm-hmm. um, besides just this story. The story by Bob Krauss indicated that the sightings were rumors. No single first-hand account given of the woman's ex- appearance. This is a perfect example of what we might call an urban legend. Uh, <laughs> stories from a friend of a friend who had heard the tale from his cousin. Yeah. Uh, So during the course of a radio interview in 1981 concerning Hawaii's ghosts, an anonymous caller asked if I had heard of the faceless woman in the Waiilei Drive-In. I assured her that the ghost is famous in 1959 and that I had indeed read about this urban legend. The caller then proceeded to share with us her personal first-hand account of seeing this faceless creature. What? The spirit had red hair, the caller said, and was combing her hair down in front of her face in the mirror. Ooh. 
When she looked in the mirror, the red-haired woman combed her hair back, Mm. revealing she had no eyes, no nose, no mouth, only a blank, featureless face. So at least one supposed person (laughs) has seen it. One person is claiming to have seen it, Yeah, at least. Yeah. But I thought it was just a really interesting and super dramatic ghost. Like, to wipe your face off and then... Have an, your friend hanging to out g- down the road waiting for your to victim. gang up on people. <laughs> not even mean, like, it's, this isn't out of vengeance, and it's not out of, like, needing to eat human flesh or anything. It's yeah. just for fun. Just for fun. Just to be mean. <laughs> Which is just great. Oh, um, I mean, yes, that's very, very dramatic. Yeah, love I lo- love it as well. <laughs> So anyway, that's my that's my ghost. That's awesome. That's a good one. It reminded me of do you remember that episode of Avatar The Last Airbender? <laughs> when they have the no face um guy where Aang has to go in and just not make any expression at all. Yes. I, he steals faces. That's yes. what he does. And but he does like a thing where it like changes his face from people person to person. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. And then also I see it. Uh, Spirited Away movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are apparently a couple of Studio uh, Ghibli films that have a similar... Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Ghibli. It is Ghibli. Okay, yeah. I was right. That have, like, some I version. It forever, <laughs> right? But it's Ghibli. It's Ghibli, Like yeah. GIF and JIF. <laughs> <laughs> Except GIF is GIF. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, where they have a similar type of creature, yeah. like a no-face something. Mm-hmm. It's but, not, no, I mean, no, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, it it's is. not a, It's not this specific. Yeah. Nopurabo. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. But, oh, also, like, I was reading about, like, other things that were kind of similar in, like, Silent Hill. There's, like, the nurses that have no face. Ooh, yeah. So there's, like, there's a lot of, I mean, it's a spooky idea. Yeah, not have, I mean, most, most people have faces. <laughs> and so to not is weird yeah (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) and i don't think i want to see it (laughs) oh my gosh being honest i am a (laughs) joke faces are great (laughs) they're not always cute but at least i know what they are (laughs) god man well um so like i said i also went the drama route Nice. Um, as best I could. So I'm going to talk about the Greenbrier Ghost, which takes place in the United States. Oh, it sounds very, like, Scottish. It does, but it's not. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go back in time to sometime between 1873 and 1876. Oh, okay. When Elva Zona Keister, who went by Zona... Was born in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> and I made a note that as I was writing this, um, I had the urge to type, I've never been to West Virginia and I have no plans to go. Um, <laughs> Did we talk about that I before? literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, you know what? The, but then I got the sense of deja vu that we've already had this conversation we have. before. We have. And I think you talked about a cemetery. A cemetery. Yes. Yes. In West Virginia. I don't know what the episode was. Um, I wanted to say cemeteries, no. but I think I talked about that woman in that 
wedding dress, like that sad, sad dress mm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it was like well, weddings or maybe. something. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, but no, I remember that specifically because they had like <laughs> they had um, like a recreation, or they had like a bunch of people who were dressed up as the dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. That was great. Um, <laughs> and I, so I just had this very strong memory of both of us being like, there's no reason to go there. <laughs> I've been once. I don't need to. I've been a couple times, like driven through. I don't need to go. Yeah, there. I was, I don't, I don't think I've even driven through it. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love that song. <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> Country mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just heard that song in a, a in a movie the other week. Anyway, where was I? Oh, West Virginia. There's no reason to go. Oh, so I looked up Greenbrier County, and it actually looks very cute. Like it's a nice little small place, and there's a state park nearby that has like some cool looking caves Ooh. in there. Um, so it would be a nice stop, a nice place to stop on a road trip, but not. You know, there's no reason to stay. (laughs) Anyway, so sorry to West Virginia. Um, But but so Zona was born. And like most people back in the day, there's very little record of her early life because she was just a regular person. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like they don't even know exactly what year she was born in. Oh my gosh. Because they didn't want to like make such a big deal about kids because they're like, who knows if this one's going to make it. Right. Everyone had 12 brothers and sisters. <laughs> Only three survived to adulthood. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. If they, they included in, in this website I was looking at that it's believed that she had a baby out of wedlock in 1895. Oh. But that they had, the baby never comes up again. <laughs> uh, and then that's it. So I don't, I don't know. What's, Whatever. <laughs> But life doesn't get uh, historical record-keeping interesting for her until 1896 when she meets a drifter <gasps> named Erasmus Tribling Trout Shoe. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm sorry, can some you people, read me that name again? Some people say his name is Edward. <laughs> but, but I went with this other one oh that said gosh. Erasmus, Erasmus? Tribling Tribbling. Trout. Shoe. <laughs> Trout shoe. Shoe is um S-H-U-E. Ooh. So it's not. <laughs> en français. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> and uh, so when I first read Drifter, I was like, okay, so it's like some hitchhiker that she's met on the side of the road. Yes. But it's not. Oh. Which is good. <laughs> well, it's, it, 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 I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. It could have been worse a lot faster. Oh, God. Um, so he'd just come into town and was looking to start a life as a blacksmith mm-hmm. in, Greenbri- in Greenbrier County. And Zona fell in love with him, even though her mother disapproved. Okay. You know, which happens often back in in those days. Mm -hmm. Despite her mother's instant dislike of shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, shoe is just, it's just shoe? Like trout? 
I thought it was like Trout Shoe. Oh no, it's just <laughs> four names. Oh my god. Erasmus Tribbling Trout Shoe. How is Trout by itself? <laughs> How are any of these names uh, any any part of someone's oh my name? Gosh, true. I have no idea. This is uh, ridiculous. Never heard the name Erasmus before. <laughs> um, Tribbling, I don't know. It even even says that it's a, a misspelled word on my Google Docs. <laughs> wow. Uh, so anyway. <clears throat> Despite her mother's instant dislike of Shu, the two got married. Uh-oh. And for a year, they appeared to be happy. Oh. On January 23rd, 1897, Shu sent an errand boy to their house to get something. The boy was shocked to find Zona's body <gasps> sprawled at the foot of the stairs, lifeless. No. Mm-hmm. The errand boy ran home and alerted his mother, who called for George Knapp. The local doctor and coroner. <laughs> Double duty. Yeah. By the time Nap had arrived, nearly an hour later. Oh my gosh. Where the hell was he? Like, this can't be a big town, you know? Like, Right. He was busy. He was makes, like eating a sandwich. He's like, oh, just give me a minute. This makes me so mad. Shu, <laughs> uh, by the time, so by the time this fucking doctor had arrived... <laughs> Uh, nearly an hour has passed. Shu has come home, moved his wife wife's body upstairs, laid her out on the bed with a veil over her head, and changed her clothes to a high-necked dress. Ooh, dramatic. Yeah. He stayed in the room while Nap examined the body, cradling her and becoming agitated when the doctor would get too near her head or neck. The death was ruled as, quote, everlasting faint end quote <laughs> that is so that is so like one of those made up lady diseases like hysteria like, yeah. yeah like oh no she had a terrible faint and died <laughs> she she fainted and she's never gonna stop being faint <laughs> oh but it was later changed to childbirth what as the cause of death uh, though no one was sure if she was pregnant at the time or not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is insane. Um, apparently Dr. Knapp had been treating Zona for a few weeks prior to her death for, quote, female trouble, end quote. So he, after seeing her supposedly grief-stricken husband, mm-hmm. attributed her death to that. What? Yeah. Again, like lady problems? Yeah. Oh like my gosh. bad period cramps or oh something. My gosh. I don't know. Oh, she must have died of the cramps. The, I mean, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she would want to die from the cramps, yeah, but she wouldn't. Many actually. times have I wanted to die from cramps, but um, it doesn't actually happen. Oh my gosh. So, whatever, whether or not he changed it later, it doesn't matter. It, it was attributed to natural causes, and no foul play was detected at the time, which seems insane. Uh-huh. Um, so I am a big fan of true crime shows, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been watching pretty much just the Oxygen, Oxygen Channel nonstop for the last, <laughs> like, month. And I was even, I watched it earlier today and I was late coming to this podcast because I wanted to finish the episode I was watching. (laughs) I love it. And because of this, I've been able to glean a lot about police procedure Mm -hmm. following a death. And all of this is just awful. Yeah. Everything about it, everything that Shu has done, 
at this point has me on super fucking high alert. Uh, and I, yeah. And that's not even just because I've been watching these shows. Like, it's, I mean, it's just common fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is a suspicious motherfucker. <laughs> so Mary Jane Heaster, Zona's mother, mm-hmm. observed that Shu's behavior during Zona's wake and burial was erratic. Nice. And that he was obsessed with her head and neck, even wrapping her head in a scarf that did not match her dress. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't even match. (laughs) I can picture the mom being like, no, no. That doesn't look good. (laughs) Why would you do this? (laughs) He claimed that it was a favorite of hers. Mm, So that's why he put it on her. Liar. And then he also added extra pillows to ensure her comfort. And I'm just like, oh, buddy, that she's fucker dead. is dead. She doesn't <laughs> need to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you if you're a believer in the afterlife, her body has nothing to do with it. Yeah, you know, it's it's over for that flesh prison. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder. I'm wondering at this point if Mary knew the way that Shu had been acting with the doctor. When he was examining her body. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. So, anyway, uh, most guests chalked his strange behavior up to grief. Nope. But Mary Jane Heaster had a different conclusion. Good. (laughs) Second guess. (laughs) Heaster began to pray. And according to legend, Zona's spirit appeared to her four weeks after the funeral. What? The ghost was said to appear as a bright light, bringing a chill over the room and gradually taking form into her daughter. Whoa. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's a cool way Dramatic. to be. Yeah. <laughs> Pageantry, <laughs> you might say. According to Heaster, Zona's ghost said that Shu was a cruel man who abused her, and one night when she didn't cook him the dinner he wanted, he attacked her and broke her neck. In one of the in um in one of the articles I was reading about this, it just said that he, she didn't have meat ready for him. Oh my! So like he wanted meat and she didn't cook any. <laughs> so it's not even just like oh I made lasagna, but he wanted pot roast. Mm-hmm. There was no meat to be found, <laughs> so he was angry and killed her. Oh my gosh, he was hangry mm-hmm. and killed her. Yeah. Well, and also he was terrible. Yeah, and also he was an abuser. Yeah. <laughs> so then he went to work the next morning, acting like everything was a-okay, mm-hmm. sent the errand boy to the house so someone would discover her body while he was not there. Oh my gosh. What an evil genius, though. I mean, that's a good way to do it. Uh, yeah. Because back at that time, they wouldn't have, like, a time of death. Or, they didn't like, do They didn't do shit. care about anything. They, yeah. Her fucking... like, she died of faint. <laughs> Science had nothing yeah, to do with he, it. He, he, <laughs> the doctor took over an hour to get there to look at her body. <laughs> and when he was looking at it, um, he, he just let the husband just touch it all over mm-hmm. and hold on to it and like growl at him when he was getting <laughs> too close to her neck. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, just, it makes me so angry. Oh my gosh. Um, so to prove that her neck had been broken, the ghost spun her head all the way around. <laughs> Okay, I mean that doesn't prove a dang thing. Well, Ghosts like, can do whatever what I can do. <laughs> I'm an owl, mom. Could, could I do this if my neck wasn't broken? 
I don't think so. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, the, the ghost continued to visit Heaster for four nights, telling the same story over and over. So I'm, at this point, as I'm reading this story, I'm horrified that the doctor didn't notice that this bitch had a broken neck. Right. Um, horrified to think about how many people have gotten away with murder because of this lack of procedure. Mm -hmm. And also horrified to think that any murderer before, like, 1990 ever got caught, which is embarrassing for them. Yes. Because... Because you can get away with uh, murder. Murder. Uh So easily. Uh Uh-huh. So Mary Jane spent hours in the office of the local prosecutor, John Alfred Preston, asking him to reopen her daughter's case. By that time, Knapp had admitted he didn't do a full examination of the body, and other people were beginning to feel that something wasn't right. Oh my gosh. Despite protests from Shu, Zona's body was exhumed and re-examined. Mm. After learning from the doctor that Shu had become violent and refused to let him examine Elva's head and neck, Preston decided to reopen the case. Good. An autopsy showed that the first and second vertebrae in Heaster's neck were broken and that her windpipe was crushed. Oh my gosh. And there were also finger marks on her neck indicating that it had been strangled. Oh my. Wait, so he strangled her so hard that her neck broke? (gasps) Or like he strangled her and then threw her down the stairs in her neck. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh no. Yeah. Hmm. Strangula- strangulation leaves bruises on the fucking neck, which, so it would have been uh, real obvious that mm-hmm. she'd been strangled. Yeah, if the doctor if someone had, done had bothered his job. to look. <laughs> Come I on. I love how he was like, oh, she's wearing a high necked dress, so I'm just not going to look. <laughs> right? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so in, Mar- in its March 9th edition, a local paper called, believe it or not, The Pocahontas Times. <laughs> gave a gory account of the autopsy's results Mm. they said quote the discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe mashed (gasps) on the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked they wrote (laughs) choking she'd been choking she'd been choking Uh, not like choking but choking like past tense (laughs) choked the neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae the ligaments were torn and ruptured the windpipe had been crushed at a point in in front of the neck Mm. so like your thumb Mm. pushing in um end quote (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) shu was arrested and while he was in jail it came to light that zona had been his third wife (gasps) His first wife divorced him, accusing him of cruelty. Ugh. His second wife had died under mysterious circumstances. Shu oh, no. also talked about wanting to marry seven women and made this drawing uh, while in prison. So, uh, let me show you the drawing. What? <laughs> it's, it's so weird. What is it? I love it so much. <laughs> it's really good. The proportions are so wrong. <laughs> but there's like so it's 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 a drawing of like a weird shaped man and then a woman and then like in the background there's someone in a coffin. 
Oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh no. Isn't it so strange? It I is. love it. It's great. I really want a print of it. <laughs> but um I won't buy it. <laughs> well, it's probably not available. <laughs> anyway, eventually the case went to trial with Mary Jane Heaster serving as the prosecution's star witness. Hmm. Preston was careful to avoid bringing up the ghost story since it might be considered hearsay by the defense. Oh my gosh. Shu's lawyer, on the other hand, decided to question Heaster about her dreams during cross-examination, hoping to prove that she was an unreliable witness. <laughs> the plan backfired, however, oh as the jury seemed to believe oh Heaster's story. <laughs> if I were on a jury and someone was like, mm, her ghost told me that yeah, he did it, I'd be like, like, okay. Guilty. <laughs> Lock him up. I would have like, no, I would have sat still in the, jur- in the juror's box and then like looked <laughs> At the witness and, like, giving them a wink. (laughs) So they know. Got you. (laughs) I'm on your team. (laughs) Nice. Um, So here is an excerpt of her testimony as it appeared in the Greenbrier Independent on July 1st. Quote, Mary Jane says, It was no dream. She came back and told me he was mad that she didn't have no meat cooked for supper. She didn't have no meat. That's <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding. He don't eat no meat. <laughs> oh, God. She didn't have oh, no meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I make lamb. <laughs> so I good. love that movie so much. So funny. Okay. Uh, she, she came four times. And four nights. But the second night, she told me that her neck was squeezed off at the first joint, and it was just as she told me. Oh, no. Then the lawyer says, And was this not a dream founded upon your distressed condition of mind? Mary Jane says, No, sir. It was no dream, for I was as wide awake as I ever was. Mm. She wore the very dress that she was killed in, and when she went to leave me, she turned her head completely around and looked at me like she wanted me to know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> uh, the lawyer says, then you insist that she actually appeared in flesh and blood to you upon four different occasions? And Mary Jane says, yes, sir. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't help that Shu took the stand in his own defense. Mm-hmm. And did quite a poor job. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> According to a report from the Greenbrier Independent, Shu's testimony, quote, made an unfavorable impression on the spectators, end quote. <laughs> I'm sure he was just terrible. He was like mean and stupid yeah. and agitated and growling. <laughs> <laughs> The jury deliberated for just over an hour before returning a guilty verdict. Shu was sentenced to life in prison and eventually died in 1900 due to complications from measles and pneumonia. Though Heaster's ghost testimony wasn't the sole evidence used in the case against Shu, he had a history of domestic violence, including the mysterious death of the aforementioned wife. Mm Mm-hmm. It did mark the first and only time the testimony of a ghost was used in a court case. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so it is dramatic. So I I have this little bit of information from this other website that I found that's looking at like the the logical side of this story huh. rather than the 
fantastical side of it. It's from the transcript of a podcast called Skeptoid. Okay. Which examines the science behind popular misinformation and urban legends. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read that verbatim right now. A more skeptical study of all these stories of what transpired reveals that Mary Jane's ghost story, while she did indeed tell it, played little or no part in the conviction. Mm-hmm. It was reported that the ghost story was never mentioned at all by the prosecution and had no part at all in the government's case against Shu. Mary Jane was called to testify only by the defense and was asked about her ghost story in an apparent attempt to discredit her and make her come off like some sort of kook. (laughs) And indeed, the papers reported that her testimony left the jury with an unfavorable impression. They needed only an hour and ten minutes to complete their deliberations and convicted Shu on other evidence, despite the defense's attempt to discredit Shu's adversaries with Mary Jane's rambling ghost story (laughs) there is an author named katie letcher lyle who has done a lot of digging on this particular story Mm -hmm. and she wrote a book called the man who wanted seven wives the greenbrier ghost and the famous murder mystery of 1897 and even though her book is almost entirely traumatized with invented dialogue and events uh to read like a novel Uh lyle wrote from a pragmatic perspective and sought to find the real rational reason that Mary Jane had told the ghost story in court. In a 1999 issue of Wonderful West Virginia magazine, (laughs) Lyle explained her conclusion. She says, Mary Jane knew Shu to be clever, unprincipled, and persuasive. If he'd murdered once, he could murder again. Mm -hmm. Perhaps she feared that if no one validated her accusations, Shu would prove extremely dangerous. So pretending to receive the news directly from Zona, she could appeal to the superstitions of her mountaineer neighbors and get a lot of public attention. As it turned out, she didn't need the ghost story, for she was convicted, according to every account, strictly on earthly considerations without any unearthly ghosts. When you're an author, especially if you've been working at length on a specific project and have interviewed people who are involved with the original story, Word of your book tends to get around, and when it does, sometimes surprising people will contact you out of the blue. As Lyle was wrapping up her book, satisfied that Mary Jane made up the ghost story to ensure Shu's conviction, hmm. this phone call came unexpectedly late one night. It was Fred Long, the editor of the Hinton News Leader, who advised her of a previously unpublished detail. <gasps> When Zona was killed, one of the places her death was first published was in the Greenbrier Independent on page 3 of the January 28, 1897 issue, a brief mention reading simply, Mrs. E.Z. Shu, wife of E.S. Shu, died at her home in the Richlands, this county, on Sunday last, the 24th, I don't know what that abbreviation means, aged <laughs> 22 years. Oh. Yeah. Mrs. Shu was a daughter of Mr. Hedges Heaster of Meadow Bluff District. Mr. Shu formerly lived in Pocahontas County. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, however, the following article was found on that same paper's front page entitled A Ghost Story. <gasps> One of the most famous murder cases in Australia was discovered by the ghost of the murdered man sitting on the rail of a dam. 
which is Australian for horse pond. Oh, <laughs> I just thought it would be a dam. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Into which his body had been thrown. Mm. So this guy's uh, body was in this horse pond. <laughs> Numberless people saw it and the crime was duly brought home. Years after, a dying man making his confession said that he invented the ghost. He witnessed the crime, but was threatened with death if he divulged it as he wished to. And the only way he saw out of the impasse was to affect to see the ghost where the body would be found. As soon as he started the story, such is the power of nervousness that numerous other people began to see it. Until its fame reached such dimensions... That a search was made and the body was found and the murderers were brought to justice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a person who concocted a ghost story in order to ensure the conviction of a killer they knew to be guilty successfully in the unnamed Australian's case, unnecessarily in Mary Jane's case. Mm -hmm. It seems probable that Mary Jane would have seen her daughter's obituary in her local paper. Is it not also possible that she read or was told about the front page ghost story in that very same issue? Mm Mm-hmm. It was only a few days after this paper came out that she first went to the county prosecutor to tell her ghost story. The timing fits, the logic fits, the motivation fits, and the stories are identical in the relevant details. We will never know if Mary Jane was indeed inspired by the frightened Australian story, (laughs) but even if it's a colossal coincidence, her reasons for making up such a tale on her own are no more or less than those of the Australian who did so. Either way... She got her wish, and her daughter's killer went to jail. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool little yeah. like, update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool, too, that you can, like, look up that sort of historical yeah. uh, fact. <laughs> like, <laughs> like newspapers? Yeah, like, oh, like yeah. or how you can, like, connect things like that. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a mystery. So long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That is super dramatic. Yeah. I thought when I saw the story at first, I thought that, because um, like a lot of the headlines were like, ghost helps catch her own murderer or something. <laughs> or like, testimony from ghost helps, helps catch her killer. <laughs> and I thought that they had brought a ghost into the courtroom and had her testify. Oh my gosh. In court. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. This is great. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and so it wasn't quite but, that, but it was, mm-hmm. it's still like a good story. Yeah. A good ghost story. And then like also a sad yeah, uh, murder <laughs> story. I feel like most ghost stories are just incredibly sad. Yeah, especially then. Yeah. Because life was so bad already. Yeah. And then just ends terribly <laughs> and continues to be bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. So we ended up finding some fun stuff for this. Yeah. 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 This was. It took yeah. us two weeks, but <laughs> we were able to, to do it. All right, well, check out our Instagram this weekend for the next theme. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is where we say, see you later, ghouls and boys. Bye. Bye. Let's cut that out.